Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The dream is made real. Ricky Hatt rocks the world. How do you like it? How do you like it? I wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your ass. It's over. Mamma mia. He's done it. Anthony Joshua defeats Vladimir Klitschko. Uh, let's get ready to rumble. Well, fight fans, I'd like to welcome on to this episode of BTR Boxing Podcast Network, the world-renowned famous artist, Patrick Killen. Patrick, uh, it's a pleasure to have you on, and you know, you're know you going to be multitasking for this interview, because you're working whilst you're going to be telling me about your story and your journey through boxing. I am plodding away on something. I will I will show you in a minute what it is. I th- thanks for the, uh, the introduction, then. World-famous, you know, that was nice of him. Very nice of you. Well, it is. That's the thing. I see. I see. No, I, I, what... I know. I, I think. I, I think I'm a bit humble sometimes, but it's, <laughs> you know, it's, it's nice. You know, it's nice to that people say that. Well, we're going to talk about this journey that you're on at the moment and and where yeah, it all began. Thanks, mate. Because we've got so much to to go through, and and there's a lot that people don't know about you. I think they they might see your your paintings and they might see where your paintings end up and in in sort of publications, but they might not know the story behind how it all began. And this is the whole point of us having this conversation really is to find out how it all began. And uh, I'd like you to take me back to the beginning and and tell me, you know, where, where did its fascination with painting first begin? Yeah. Thanks man. I mean, you know, as a, as a kid growing up, I think, you know, Obviously, I wasn't really academic in school. Like, you know, some of my friends, you know, I was just average, I would say. Um, and I can remember in junior school, my reports would be English average, maths average, art excellent. And it sort of started off as a, when I was a very young kid. And I would always want a pencil to draw. I would always want a pen. I, you know, even like, I asked my mum, actually, you know, not long back, and I said, well, when, when did it all start? She's like, Probably it was four years old. I was asking for a pen or a pencil, so it's a very it was a very natural talent 
it was it's not something that I I sort of don't get me wrong. Obviously, you practice, you get better, but it was a very natural thing as a kid uh, that I that I it was one of those talents that I had quite naturally. So it was nice to um, you know I, I I had very lucky with the parents I had. They were very encouraging throughout my life, and they've they've always been uh, encouraging for me whatever I wanted to pursue and do. And you know I went to school and. I, I did exams and that, but to be honest, the only thing I was interested in was was drawing and painting. So, I think at that time, then you know, I was around some good, good friends, you know, and and, my, and all my friends went to college. So I just took the natural thing and thought, well, what do I like doing? Which was art. I thought I'll just go to college as well, and that's what I did. I went to a, I did a general art and design course, and then I, you know, I I, I passed out with a distinction, and I went on from there. Then I did an illustration course. But during that time of doing uh, an art course after school, because I didn't start my boxing until I was 16. I just left school and I started uh, going to my old trainers. He's passed away now, love him. Uh, Dennis Rogers. He actually started in Newbridge Boxing Gym. And um, him and I was going down to his garage and just training. And then, you know, it just sort of went from there. So I was going to college as a, well, I started doing that. I was 17, then I went to college, and then I started my boxing career. So that's where that sort of came into it. And I think it was quite the natural thing that, you know, I was doing the, as I was doing the boxing, I mean, I was doing art, an art course as well. So it was, it sort of all come into play, really. You know, it it all, it all sort of, uh, it seemed a natural thing to sort of, happen that way was you always a boxing fan before you started taking the sport up yourself i would say yeah with watching it with my dad you know and um and the one i always remember watching is meldrick taylor against chavez my dad loves chavez and i remember watching that with my dad and and um and then meldrick meldrick taylor and chavez just catching him with about five seconds left or oh, ten seconds left, and then you know, um, you know, it, 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 I remember that when I remember the eighties, and obviously because I was very, I was born in seventy four, so like eighty four, I would have been ten, and then when Tyson came on the scene in eighty six, you know, I was a big fan, especially with Tyson, um, and I guess you know Tyson would because I, I remember on a Sunday paper, and I always remember watching Transworld Sport on a Sunday morning, early morning, and the boxing would be on a little clips. I always remember reading that because I had a Sunday paper round. I always remember reading the back and looking for the for the boxing bits. But yeah, I think you know, with my father, I would have loved to have started it younger, um, but I don't think I had it in me. I don't think that I was a bit of a mammy's boy growing up. My dad was a hard hard man, and 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 you know he was a a, a loving father, but but a, a hard father to some extent, but. You know, I was—I I guess I was a bit of a mummy's boy growing up, and it never really—I never really got to it until I was like sixteen, and then you know you sort of get older, mature, and stronger. And I really fell in love with training at that time. Really fell in love with it. It was just my life. That's all I wanted to do every day. You know, I was just running because I—I live at the scenic drive. I live uh, near Kazani, and um, the, the the mountains are around you, the hills, and it was just you know a daily thing. I. You know, every, every day. So, um, yeah, it became, I guess, uh, my life for a long time. 
you know, art and boxing um, was all I want, wanted to do. You know, I, I I then went. I started my boxing career. I was eighteen, actually. Um, my first amateur fight because I I failed my medical to actually. I I would have boxed as a youth otherwise, but I failed my medical at 17, 16, uh, 17 I would have been, 17, and then I didn't pa- I didn't get the medical and the ECG and everything until I was 18. But they said, oh, you know, they said, you're fit as a fiddle, because I had a heart murmur. They said, you're fit as a fiddle, there's nothing wrong with you. Instead of a lot of athletes have gone. So, I mean, and I started then, you know, at 18. But then, I, I so I started off, but I then went to Carmarthen Boxing Gym, because I went to study in Carmarthen. I went and done a HND uh, illustration course at 18 so you know loved the sport but I sort of left my the gym here in Cum Khan and, and went down to Carmarthen to pursue but but I, I you know with bo- boxing and that you know you just meet the guys and you just with boxing you just get on with everybody and the, the guys there were Kevin Evans who was Commonwealth he, he won the Commonwealth uh, or he, he boxed for the Commonwealth later on in like, later on but I was there in 1993 to 95. Um, and then my, so I was there for like two years in Carmarthen. And they, even though it was an illustration course, it, uh, specifically uh, specifically wildlife illustration, but they allowed me to produce some, because they knew my background. So they, they allowed me, because it was quite a strange one, really. Um, you know, in my, in my student digs, Paint then the, the bloody love songs, and then on the weekend I was boxing for my country, so it was quite a quite a strange one. And um, yeah, I, I just loved it, man. I absolutely loved it, you know. What were some of your early, you know, paintings? What were some of the early uh, illustrations that you created? You mentioned obviously well, wildlife. Yeah, I would I would say Tyson was was a big was a big thing. You know, I remember sketching him a lot when I was when I was that when I was you know ninety even when I was before I went to that college. But then I remember doing something of Marvin Agler. Um, it, it was just, you know, whatever. I remember being inspired by Leroy Neyman because of the Rocky films as well. And at that time, I remember I was getting the Ring magazine and, and, and Leroy Neyman was on the on the cover a lot then. So I was very inspired. And I think that's where the colour comes in to some of my pieces. Not all of them, but there's a there was definitely a... Definitely an, an inspiration from from him, and obviously the Rocky Three Three film, you know, uh, at the end of the film, and and and, and seeing him coming across him then as well in Rocky Three. So there's been there's been inspirations from him, and obviously Sloan as well. Obviously, then he took over Leroy Neiman uh, as um, after he passed away. But yeah, I, I mean, it, my first, I would say my first uh, bit of success came. I left college then in 1995 and I was obviously doing commissions for people of dogs and just different things like that, you know, pets and stuff. But my first commission that I was, was a, a commission of Steve Robinson because at the time in 1995, Empress Car Sales were sponsors of ITV Boxing and Di Gardner, the Empress Car Sales was right by my home. Uh, so they, the Diagana and Empress Car Sales had a gym right less, probably a mile from my house. And I would go there sparring sometimes, but I took an opportunity to actually see the owner 
of Empress Car Sales, and he commissioned me to do this piece of Steve Robinson, who was the current world champion in 1995, before he boxed the, uh, before he boxed Nassim Hamid. So that was my first real bit of success, really, um, with the boxing paintings. Was was probably around 95, um, but obviously since then, you know, obviously things have I, I've pursued it a lot more. Uh, you know that, that in in that in that arena sort of thing, uh, but but you know prior to that, it was very um, that was you know it was a bit of everything, you know because yeah I'm, just, I, I'm a young artist leave college in '95 I actually did quite well starting off had a lot of I had some greeting cards published by by some publishing companies, and um, and then you know I just sort of felt to myself that you know because all my mates at the time were with working, getting good jobs. One was a, a solicitor, he was doing a, one was a manager and someone else. And I just felt that I needed to earn more money. So at the time, I then got into, because I had the, because of the boxing, I loved working with kids. I, kids were always confiding me in the gym. And I loved um, just helping kids and stuff. So I then started doing a lot of, a uh, little bit of youth work and, and, and kids clubs on the weekends and stuff, working with youngsters. Um, because I, I I had such a good upbringing that I, I had a good mother and father, yeah, you know, and I always felt that you know, in, in a way, I, I guess I don't, you know, maybe I liked it because you know, giving some back. I knew I knew what it was like to have a good upbringing, and a lot of people didn't. Um, and I think I started doing the youth work thing, um, got into that in a big way. Um, I actually ended up doing a. a, a, a a foundation and then a certificate and I ended up doing a diploma. So whilst I was sort of doing my painting part time, sort of building up a, you know, a following and an and interest, um, I sort of got a, a part time job at the same time, but doing something else I enjoyed doing mine. I made a point of that, that it was always something I enjoyed doing. Um, so youth work become a big part of my, my life as well, I guess. As well as the boxing, um, and then from, I actually landed a good role in a school for like, I was there for about ten years. Uh, from nineteen, because I was doing like working with young offenders, working with, I was doing a lot of youth work stuff in around the ninety ninety six ninety seven. Actually, wrong. I'm, I'm going too far here. Sort of ninety eight because I won a title. I actually won an amateur title in ninety seven. And at that time, I'm sort of going back a bit here, sorry. But at that time, I sort of, um, I was very, I won a title, and, and it was an amateur boxing federation title, because we split, the, the amateur boxing association and the fed, they, they split. And it was a bit of a, bit of a pain in the ass, and a lot of people lost opportunities and that, but, you know, it, it was, they were trying to do good things. Um, but I, at that time, I was very serious of turning pro, I was thinking about it with going with Enzo and with Enzo Calzaghi with the gym in, in 97. Joe wasn't a world champion. Oh, no, he, he was a world champion then, um, but um, he'd won the British. And, and I was seriously considering it. You know, I was really thinking about turning pro. And because I I, I looked at it in two ways. I, I had my art. I always had my art. And I was I was looking at it as a, as a as a business sort of venture. Like if I turned pro, I thought it'd be a great story with my artwork, you know, to be doing these paintings of the fighters, blah blah blah, and also being a professional. 
I did think of that. But to be honest with you, <laughs> my my hands were killing because I, I could I could bang. You know, I, I stopped a lot of fighters. Um, my hands were hurting from... And I, and I think, you know, I've said this before on other things, but, you know, it, 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 did, it did play on my mind. And if I go pro, could I could I give it 100%? Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be a journeyman. I didn't want to just, you know, it was either full in on that or give the art a crack. I, so I can remember I went up to Calzaghi's the once and um, I was training with Paul Samuels and, you know, I remember doing sit-ups with Paul and Paul was like, he was going, oh, don't come up to your party. He said, you know, I wouldn't come up here. He says, just old Joe. Like, and it does make you think, and when you hear things like that, you know. But, you know, I, I didn't bother. I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to give the art career a, a go and stick with it. I remember I remember going up to Enzo and, and saying ends, you know. I showed him, he had my work anyway, but I showed him this piece I'd done. I said, look, if I, would you be interested in one, which would you be prepared to pay if, I would do an S because I was at like a questionnaire, you know, because he was a trainer. He said, would you, would you commission me to do this and that? And how much would you be prepared to pay? And he <laughs> was that. And, um, but it didn't happen anyway. You know, the, the, the professional thing didn't happen. I just, I just stuck to the boxing, uh, to the painting and um, looked after these hands. I still train mine. And uh, they, they do still, I, well, I don't bang it like I was, if I like on the pads. I just, um, I just enjoy training, you know. And um, keeping myself in shape, I think, is something that never really leaves you. You know, the boxing. Always something left in the tank. That's what they say. I know. <laughs> At that point then, Patrick, obviously you've made a huge decision to, to, to come away from the boxing and go full steam into the painting now obviously you're talking what the late 90s at this point uh where, where there was no social media around to be able to promote your work the way you can today so just for, for for people that are not from that generation or remember what it was like before social media what was it like for you trying to promote your work and try and get your name out there and, and try and getting people to to look at the work you you, you were doing well, that's a really good question because what you've got to remember, right, is when you when you haven't got something, you don't miss it. So we, you know, as a as a as a kid growing up, um, I just I just felt myself that there was a bit of a market there with, and I and I'm just thinking on purely for what I enjoy doing. I I enjoy boxing. I enjoy painting the boxing. So how could I show that to people? And I felt that, well, you know, I. The amateur game was still part of my life. I was I was training some lads at the my local boxing gym, um, so I, I I done my training things and that, and I became uh, like a trainer for the for the for the youngsters for a bit. Um, and I noticed that when I was going to the shows and stuff, but I, but even when I was an amateur, I was even taking prints of my work and actually selling it to the, to the guy. If I was boxing international in Scotland, I was taking prints of my work. And selling it to the guys after, you know, and then I, I sort of started to realise that it was a bit of a market there. Well, I thought, well, I got the contacts here with the boys in the amateur shows. I might as well just ask whoever got the show. I might as well ask them if I can go and exhibit and get prints of my work done and be um, and, and sell my sell my work. So that's what I did for 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 a while. I actually was. I probably started doing that in 97. I remember going to a show, uh, an amateur dinner show in Pontypool, and I think I had a, 
it was my I, I it's still out there sells as a print now. And it was um it was Holyfield Tyson and it was a pencil drawing, it was framed nice. And I remember selling that on the night for a few hundred and I remember <laughs> the guy sort of bartering with me, but I sold it at the end of the day. So, you know, it was a nice nice thing to leave the show and think, right, right, you know, people are buying my work, people are buying my prints. So it was just it was a you know, start and it was something that I was working um sort of part time at that time in 97, 98, I was working part-time doing a lot of youth work, but I was also, you know, putting myself in as an artist. And it was a, and it, I guess, you know, when you look back, I think, you know, it probably did take a little bit of balls to sort of, you know, turn up at a show and stick a, stick a table out, a trestle table out and put a cloth over it, put, put some posters out and, and hope that someone will buy something. But, and, I, and then as, as that, as that progressed and I, you know, you just want it to look better, don't you? You do these things and you want it to look better and better. So you, you, you just try to think how you can make things look better and do things better. So, you know, you make it look more professional. Um, and, and it, I then sort of, I landed a good role in 2000. I landed a good job in a school um, working with difficult children. And my main responsibility was to get these difficult kids through RTCSE. But bearing in mind, it was always in my mind that I always wanted to be a full-time artist. So that job for me, which was a well, a fairly well-paid job, as, as at, the, at the time I was I was 25 when I got that job. And what it did for me was it was it was money to pay my mortgage. It was money to to buy my materials. It was money to to do whatever I had to do to do the next thing. And then, so when I was working in this school, which was brilliant, mind, because if there was an event, if there was an event on a Friday, I would say to my you know, boss, oh, can I leave a bit earlier? Because I need to go and set up at this show, blah, blah, blah. Wasn't a problem. So it was great, because I finished like that at four o'clock on a Friday, or, or every day, I sleep at the school. It was great. Um, actually, I think it was 20 or four. Might have been about three, I can't remember. But, um, you know, it was um, it was the perfect thing for me to to sort of progress my um, into what I wanted to do, and I went on for ten years. And I I'd even I don't know if you'd seen this or seen one of my pieces in two thousand and six, the Fighting Irishman, um, which was an amazing uh, show and an exhibition, which travelled for like um, from two thousand and six to two thousand and twelve or thirteen. And it was on Irish and Irish American fighters from like 19th century, um, and I did the mural for it. But my the school at that time allowed me to go and go out there for a week and you know promote myself and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But you will remember there was no there was no social media then. Well, actually there was YouTube started 2006, but I think I had I actually got a video on there of of that from about that time. Um, but yeah, you know, it's um, it's been a long journey, um, and and like I said, from from that time, working in that school and exhibiting nearly every weekend, especially from around two thousand and three, because you know, nearly every weekend I was exhibiting at a, at a, at a show. And, and what happened? I said that I started off exhibiting my work at amateur boxing shows, but then that progressed into professional boxing shows, because then I would, I just felt that it would be a good avenue to to showcase my work you know um 
and that and that's where you know it sort of it sort of pushed it from there really and and then even like the the last few years from 2016 I started to travel a lot more actually 2014 I exhibited in London at um the the Groves versus um uh, Froch fight the rematch exhibited in London um at the Hill uh, well not Hilton yeah it is a Hilton Wembley and they allowed me to ex- uh, match room allowed me to exhibit at the actual weigh-in. Well, that was a that was a good opportunity for me because no, I had been ready redundant at this time, so I'm, I'm, I'm switching forward again. Yeah, I'd been made redundant from my school job in um, in 2009, so I was there for around 10 years, and it made me realise that you know what, I gotta do. I give this a shot. Because my, my dad was brilliant at that time. He said, look, Pat, he said, you know what you got to do? Just, just give it a shot. Give it a go. If it doesn't work out, get a job. And so that's what I did. I, I sort of thought, you know what? Because at the time, I was doing quite well, to be honest, through my art anyway. So I was like doing two jobs at the time in 2009. And I thought, let's give this a shot, you know? Um, and when you start working for yourself, you you look you look for the... You don't wait for it. You look for, you know, where can I, where can I exhibit? What, you know, where can I show, showcase my work? And that's what I did. Um, you know, I, I do messaging all the time, different people. Um, you know, can I, can I come and exhibit at the show? Can I come and do this? I, I exhibited on um, Frank Maloney's, no Kelly Mahoney. I, I exhibit a lot on his shows. I exhibit a lot of matchroom shows. I exhibited a lot of Frank Warren shows. As a matter of fact, I was on Frank Warren's website a lot at one point, um, and that and that's how it that's how it developed, you know. Um, after I was made redundant, and and sort of put myself out there, I guess. And it's st- it's always a learning curve. You're always learning, you know. Um, it's a constant thing, you know. That that you're, you're learning all the time how to do things better and you know to promote yourself better. Um, yeah, you know, I'm waffling on you, mate. I don't know if you want if you want to ask me something. Mind you, carry on, you know. Just, just, just put in if you want to. Oh no, ab- <laughs> absolutely. You're, you're telling us a great story. The thing is, you, you're explaining to, to to myself and people that are watching and yeah, listening yeah, yeah. To, to this about how you've progressed your way throughout your career. So I suppose at this point, questions that I'll have are things like. You, when when you was first putting published magazines, so obviously the Boxing News and when Boxing Monthly was around before it unfortunately uh, folded quite well, recently. That's actually interesting because I never I never really pursued the cover thing, but but I, what I did do back in that time is as you just mentioned the social media we didn't have that. So what did I do at that time? Correctly, I think back in two thousand no nineteen ninety seven. I think I was in Boxing News. I think I might have been in. I was definitely in boxing news. It was a little. It was I, I, funny enough. I was looking at that the other day. There was little adverts in there. Uh, Nassim Ahmed print, fifteen pound. You know, <laughs> but but like, you know, I can remember my dad as well. And and you know, there was a the address on there to send the to send your checks checks at that time. I know some people still use checks. Um, and you know, I'd be getting checks through the door and. I can remember. I always remember breakfast morning. Come downstairs, and I, you know, my my dad. It was my first print of. It was my first print release of Nassim Ahmed. It was nineteen ninety seven, and I can remember. Um, I put this advert in the magazine. 
uh, in the boxing news, and I think I put it in Boxing Monthly, and it wasn't cheap either. <laughs> and, you know, it was £15 plus postage and packaging, and, you know, checks started coming through the door. Now, you know, it wasn't brilliant, but it probably covered what I paid for the bloody advert. But you le- you're learning, you know what I mean? And you're getting yourself out there. People are collecting your print or whatever. And I always remember my dad saying to me, he said, that's all right, Senator. He said, it'd be nice to have a few more of them coming through. And, um, you know, open the envelope up and get a check for £15 and or more than 15 plus <laughs> postage or whatever. And, um, you know, in, in 1997, I mean, it's, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's a little bit more than it is now worth. But it was a start, you know. It was getting my stuff out there. And that was a, that, it wasn't really about the money. i got to be honest. It was the fact that my work was in, I was selling my print. People were buying my print. It was quite a nice feeling, you know. I'd sign the print and people roll it up, put it in the tube and send it off. And that was a very nice thing for me to actually think that people were willing to spend money and, and have my work. And then it went from that. And I felt that, you know, having... I, I advertised in the Boxing News quite a bit, actually, quite a few times, and in Boxing Monthly over the years. It never really occurred to me, funny enough, to ask about going on the magazine back then. I, I have since, and I, I, we talked a, a few times about it, and, I, and I've seen other artists, different ones that are on different things. And, um, you know, it was good to get on the um, the Ring magazine um, after all the years that, I, that I'd uh, read it, and um, it'd be nice to get get on there a bit more as well and I got I, I, funny enough I got one coming up like something coming up which is quite a big uh, it's not it's, not, it's a it's a martial arts magazine so this is quite a it's quite a good one uh, coming up that I'm on the cover it's a bit of a bit of a surprise but that's that's a, I can't really say much about that yet because that's not there, out there but that that'll be released very shortly uh, so I'm do I sort of got to deal with a, a, a magazine which uh yeah, could could be something good, but yeah, that that you know, so that's how I advertised back then, you know, and and it, and it is quite frustrating actually to think that, you know, that it wasn't around then, you know, the Twitter and the 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 um the Instagram and different things, it it would have been, you know, it would have been so much easier and and, and just, well, it just would have been brilliant. You would, you know, and I don't think. I don't think many people do use magazines these days for advertising, to be honest. You know, I think things have changed in that in that respect. Um but it's 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 all it's definitely all a learning curve, you know. And nothing was nothing I, I don't regret doing any 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 of that, you know, and, and putting myself out there and um and I I think for me then, like I said to you, in in two thousand and fourteen I, I, I exhibited at the the way in for Frost Groves. And I think that was a that was a bit of a learning curve for me because, you know, it never really occurred to me that um, to showcase my stuff at a hotel or at somewhere like that. And, you know, I and I wasn't gonna do it. I actually was in the um the way in, which was rammed. It was unbelievable because I think there was ten was it ten thousand? Yep. At the way in. And I was in a good spot. I was in a spot people were walking past. Um, you know, I did okay. I saw quite a lot of prints of the, the Frost Rose and and even prior to the to the actual, um, even prior to the fight as well. And it talk about law of attraction. Before that fight happened, the second fight, I th- sort of said to myself, 
if I get this signed, if I get this, I do an original painting now of Fox Groves. If I do an original painting, I probably, I, I think I could sell that for 10 grand. And I can remember thinking to myself, and I kept saying it to myself, I could sell this for this much, you know. If I can get this signed by the two of them, I think I could sell it. And it was funny because I went to an event. Um, his trainer at the time, Paddy, Paddy, oh, what's his name? Fitzpatrick. Paddy Fitzpatrick, his trainer. He was having an event. So I contacted Paddy and said, look, I've done this painting. Can I come and exhibit it at the show? I said, I'll give you a canvas of the piece and I'll do it to Groves. Like, yeah, no problem. Met up with Groves. Groves signed it. Good event, you know. So again, put myself out there, sold prints, blah, blah, blah. And then I, I, I thought, well, I need, I, need to get, I need to get Frost to sign it. I need to get Frost to sign it. And I, and I thought, and it was funny because I went to bed one night and it was as if it was meant to be. I looked on my phone and, and, and I just flicked up Twitter and, and Frotch was training in Manchester in the morning. And I thought, i got to go. It's the only opportunity i got. i got to go to the public workout in Manchester. I think it was Manchester. i got to, or it might have been Nottingham. might have been Nottingham, actually. i got to go and get a tape this painting. Text my mate. I said, you fancy coming up to Nottingham? Public workout. Uh, Frotch. Yeah, he said, I'll come up. So off we went, took it through. I, I I think I knew one of the security guys. I said, you know, he said, oh, come on. So he took me through to the, where the public worker was. So I'm still doing my painting. Um, at the end, Frotch signs it. So I, I left a load of prints in the changing room for Frotch as well. Like that. I, I left a load in there. He left them in there, I found out after. Later on, later on when I met with Frotch. And he signed it. So... Anyway, so I took this painting in, contacted Mushroom, allowed me to exhibit at the weigh-in. Done good, blah, blah, blah. And this guy comes up to me and he goes, you want to exhibit this? He said, at the uh, Hilton. And I said, where's the Hilton? He said, oh, just around the corner as you, as you, you know, drive out. I said, oh, thanks, you know. And as I left, I'd done all right that day. I did okay with the um, selling the prints and stuff. And as I was in my car, just about to leave the arena, it was turn left to go home or turn right to go to the Hilton. And I very nearly, because I'd done okay, I very nearly turned left to go home. And I thought, nah, let's turn right. I'll drive outside the Hilton. I'll just pop in and see if I can exhibit it. And lo and behold, I, I went in, I took my iPad in, I, I spoke to the manager and I said, look, I've got a print for you. Can I exhibit my painting? They said, yeah, yeah, that'd be, that'd be no problem. I said, look, it'd be great. I said, it was rammed in there. All the stars, everybody you could think of was going in, uh, was there on that, at that hotel on that, on that week, a weekend. And in all honesty, they looked a bit scruffy, to be honest, mate. <laughs> and I, I said to the security guy in the hotel, I said, do me a favour. I said, can you wash my paint in a minute? I went off and got a nice suit jacket because I wanted to look smarter. And I then come back in and, uh, you know, because... I looked, I looked smarter, I, I think. And I, st- I stayed that weekend and I sold, I managed to sell that painting for exactly what I said. And on that, on that very night, as a matter of fact, but I stayed the whole, I stayed the whole weekend because obviously I sold a lot of the prints. I sold a lot of, and it was great because, you know, I think it was a good, it made me realise that I could showcase my work in other avenues. And, I, and I'm not, I've never really been one to sort of exhibit my work at at galleries that often. Um, 
I have more now, obviously, out in Vegas and different places. But um, I've, mo- I've taken a different approach to it. And it's worked for me anyway, you know. It, 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 is, it has worked in, in, in that sense. But that was a really good learning curve for me. It just pro- it proved to me that... And, and I did... I gave a, a good percentage of that money to a, a charity that I'm an ambassador of, which is the Amelia May Foundation, which is a children's cancer charity. And the first time I did that was when, oh no, actually it was after this. So, you know, it was nice to be able to do that as well and, and give something to the charity that uh, it's a children's cancer charity. And so the fact that the guy signed it, you know, I gave some back in that way. Do you know what I mean? So that, that was a, that was a really good event for me. Uh, and that was 2014. So what was that? Seven years? Yep. Seven years. And, um, I've done, done quite a bit since then. It made me realize that, you know, I could, I could showcase my work at a lot of other places. And that's what I started doing. And also, and, but see, the reason why I do it as well, it's not just about, because I, even though I'm an artist, and a lot of artists are recluses, recluses, you know, they don't, they just want to stay in their studio. They don't want to go out. They don't want to exhibit. They want to, they, they want the gallery to do that job for them. They want, they just want to paint and do their, you know, let everybody else do their thing. Yeah. But I, I got to be honest, I actually enjoy, I enjoy talking to people. I enjoy the, I enjoy that people coming up to me and saying, oh, Pat, I, I follow you on Instagram. Or I follow you on Twitter and um, love your work, blah, blah, blah. And, um, I enjoy that interaction. And you've got to be honest, that is, I think that has created something as well, you know, something will, you know, people will always come back up to you, they'll always, you know, they'll always chat to you or whatever. And yeah, I, I really do enjoy that part of it. Um, and, and, I, and I've created commissions that way, you know, meeting people when yeah. I've been out to an event and, you know, or oh, could you do this to me or could you do that? So that's the other thing as well. And it's, it's about the, it's about the networking. For me, that's what it's been for me, and I realised that over the over the years when I look back, you know, connect the dots looking back, as Steve Jobs would say, you can't connect them going forward, you connect them going back, and I realised that all the people I've met, all the connections, all the networking, that's where that's where that's been brilliant, you know, from doing that, because I might have, and, and it's happened a lot, you know, where I've gone and exhibited. A painting and sold jack shit <laughs> but I've made connections yeah. with people that have done the line I've actually met and something has happened with you know I was going to paint you wasn't I I haven't done anything <laughs> I, mean. I mean I went out then to Las Vegas I decided 2016 you know no sorry yeah it was 2016 and uh, Canelo was fighting Amir Khan and I thought I'd get out to Vegas you know I wish I'd done it earlier. Actually, that's wrong. Sorry. When did Fury fight um, Klitschko? 2015? 2015, yeah. Yeah, because after Frost Rolls, I thought, you know what? I'm going to go out there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take the paint in. I'm going to um, go to the fight. And it was brilliant, you know. Um, we got the painting signed by Vladimir. We got the painting signed by... Um, the other one, what's her name? Vladimir and... Vitaly. What's his brother's name? Vitaly, sorry. We got the painting signed by Tyson Fury. We got the painting signed by Michael Buffer. Got the painting signed by Tony Weeks, the referee. And I sold it, you know. Um, 
so that that was a great one uh, to actually go out there and, and and do something similar, and even then to go to the fight and to see Tyson do it was was brilliant. Yeah, so I mean, from from doing that, and then you know, I I, I sort of it made me realise in a way that you know I could I could showcase my stuff internationally as well as um, as you know showing it wherever basically creating creating opportunities for myself and you know even even to the extent of 2000 and when did Pacquiao fight Mayweather 2015 no I should have gone out to Vegas I should have gone because I was told that you know it was massive it was just ridiculous but you know we all it's, it's a learning curve you know and you just learn as you go on but what I did do for that fight, I actually um, I contacted a, a casino in London, and they were showing the fight, Mayweather versus Pacquiao, and I contacted I contacted the um, I'm trying to think of his name because he, he uh, um, the owner of the uh, what's the oh what's the main casino up, up, uh, in uh, in London? It's not Grove. Oh, it's not Grove, it, no, is it? it? What's that? It's not Grove, no one, is it? No, 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 it, it ain't, no. Hippodrome? It might be. It might be a Hippodrome. Oh, I don't know, I might be wrong. But anyway, um, I contacted the, the, the guys and they said, you know, you know, great, you know, they were showing the fight. So, you know, they were happy for me to be there painting live and exhibiting. So I took I took that opportunity. It was a bit of a, it was a bit of a hassle and, and thing, mine, but i got to be honest, I'm actually surprised in a way that they let me do it because health and safety-wise... But they let me do it, so I, I turned up, and and that that was quite a, an interesting one, <clears throat> you know. But again, I mean, you know, it it opened it opened doors, you know, it opened, you know. I I'm in London, I'm in I'm doing this piece and exhibiting, and <clears throat> I didn't do a lot on the night, but it, it, at four in the morning, I'm still there, four in the morning, or it might have been three in the morning, but people are gambling, fights finished. What time did that fight finish? Was it four in the morning Ooh, or something like that? Four or five o'clock in and the I morning, go, weren't it? I go all the way through, right? So you imagine now, four o'clock in the morning, there's still people in there gambling, right? Four in the morning, and I'm working on this piece. And this guy comes out and he goes, hey, he said, uh, <laughs> he goes, what are you doing tomorrow? What? And, and it's an extensive area in London. And he goes, what are you doing tomorrow? He said, he said, I, I'd like to, I'd like the commissioner to do something. So can you come to my place tomorrow uh, morning and come and have a chat with me I said yeah no problem I said where do you live blah, blah, blah. and he lived in a nice area blah, blah. so anyway I left that um, casino something like 5 in the morning or 5.30 in the morning I was meeting this guy at 10 or, or <laughs> half past 10 or, so, or no sorry it might have been in the afternoon but there was no point me going from London back to Wales yeah. and then back <laughs> again so like at 5 in the morning I'm leaving the the casino, people are still gambling. I'm leaving the casino. I'm, uh, I drive to this guy's area. I fall asleep in my car. Um, and I then have a meeting with him in the afternoon. It was like early afternoon. And um, I get the commission. And it was a good commission. Um, but if I hadn't done that, and if I hadn't gone there in the first place and, you know, exhibited and, and done whatever... You know, he wouldn't have come off. I have a lot of stories like that, to be honest, too. But, you know, um, and it's good. It just, it goes to show the power of persistence, the power of never giving up, you know, and that sort of thing. 
so the networking part of it then is just as important as obviously actually creating the masterpieces themselves, isn't it? Because it's all it's it's good for you to be able to put them together and create this this amazing artwork. But you've got to get people interested in it, and you've got to do that by any means necessary. If that means going into a casino at four or five o'clock in the morning, uh, because there's a huge fight on and exhibiting it there, a, per- a perfect place, I suppose, when people are uh, maybe winning thousands of pounds at the same time and they're yeah. thinking, "Yep, I'll have a." I love a bit of that, but obviously it's um, it's been a great journey for you from where you've come from to where you've got to now. So there's probably yeah. a few there's probably a few questions that I've got that uh, I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna fire at you because I bet there's a few instances that you've gone through where I think I wonder what his thoughts are on on this, and I wonder what's been like the strangest thing that he's done. So I think the first one, the one that's most intriguing to me, is like out of all the commissions you've had, which has been the strangest. Yeah. The strangest? Yeah, the strangest. Well, it got me thinking because I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to think uh, as as a strange one. Do you know what I mean? Well, I did. I wouldn't say it's a strange, strangest. No, I, it's in what terms do you mean? In what sort of aspect? It was a, sort of weird, as in strange. I suppose like you've you've done loads of things over the years as well as boxing. Like you've mentioned, you've done you've done nature, you've done artwork of people's families, yeah. portraits, that type of stuff. Is there yeah. any, been anything yeah. out of the ordinary that you've probably done? I I wouldn't say out of the ordinary. Well, I wouldn't say out of the ordinary. The fighting Irishman was somewhat special for me because it was a really first, and it was from America, and it was one of the first main uh, big commissions that I had. But you know, I've I've done I've when somebody's got married, I mean, um, Peter Sheldon got married and I actually painted live at his wedding, um, a painting of him and his partner. And I painted it live through the day. Now, I, not of them on that day, but there was a specific uh, shot that they both liked. So we talked about it prior and I worked on this image throughout the day. So, you know, as people were there... Um, as people were there through the day, you know, they were coming back to the specific room that I was in and they could see it progressing. So I'd done that, but I'd done that a couple of times now. It's just something I offer, something different, something, you know, it was, again, it was something that I thought of, you know, I'm trying to think outside the box a lot. I'm trying to think of something different. <clears throat> again, where, and I did mention this earlier, about the Amongst Legends paintings, which <clears throat> happened around just before the time <clears throat> that I was made redundant from from my job in the school around, I was doing this from around 2007, 2008. I think it was 2008. And I got involved with this company. I was just about to be made redundant. So it must have been 2009. And I contacted this company called Champions UK. And they were doing a lot of events for celebrities. And I said, look, I'm doing, I'm doing a paintings of, of whatever, of a subject matter involving that celebrity but the winning bidder gets to be the in the painting. So whether it was a painting of actually where it started, the Amongst Legends started at um, at some of the boxing shows, I think, and it was Ali versus Tyson because Tyson was over here in 2007, I think. So I started doing like a Tyson versus Ali painting, but the referee in the middle of the painting, the person that won the bid, was, was I would then paint them in as the referee. I would take a picture of them and take it back to my studio and add them in as the referee. I did that quite a few times. But then I felt that it was a good idea 
So I contacted this Champions UK company just before being made redundant. Well, I was being made redundant. And I said, would you be interested in me coming to your shows and painting live? And lo and behold, being I was just being made redundant. And they go, we've been looking for somebody on this. Can you come and have a meeting with us? So I go and have a meeting with this company, Champions UK. And I sit down, we chat, and we come up with an agreement where they'll cover my expenses to go to the the, the events, you know, and we we sort of split the the, the, the sale of the item. Um, I would go to their events. I would do a live painting of the sporting celebrity, and then it would be auctioned off that night. But it, the winning bidder would be in that painting. So they might they did a they did events with um, Sally Gunnell and Colin Jackson. So I did a I did a painting of them both running, jumping hurdles. And the winning bidder actually got to be, he was jumping the hurdles as well. So it was all different ones like that. And, and obviously, you know, when you've got a group of businessmen in a, in a room and, you know, they got an opportunity to be on a painting, it's something a little bit different, do you know what I mean? It's yeah. something a bit more special. And actually, I think the, the person that got me sort of to do it at the event, it was an event with um, Under the Post, uh, Tony. And Tony was having an event with um, his bloody name now, rugby England rugby hooker Jason Leonard, right? And he was having an event with Jason Leonard. So I met I met this event, and I doing I doing something with Tony at an event, and he said, "Oh, I got an event next week with uh, Jason Leonard." I said, "You know, uh, in the scrum and everything." I said, "I said, yeah, I could do a painting of blah blah." blah. I said, "It's a bit boring, aren't I? I want to do something different." He said, "Well, why do we make the why do we make the Winning bit of the hooker. And I looked at him and I went, What? You invited me to make the winning bit of the hooker. And I couldn't believe he said it. I thought it was bloody brilliant. And I said, That's brilliant. That's a brilliant idea. So off I went, because I can do something quite quick, as in an idea. All it, you know, I just think of, I just thought of the three of them in the scrum, just find a nice image. And, you know, we leave the head blank of the hooker. Anyway, we that went well. That it didn't go for as much as I would have liked it to, but I've learned a lesson since that. Um, but the guy that bought it actually commissioned me a good commission as well. After that, he commissioned me to do something else. So that goes to show again, you know, you're networking and the clients involved. But that's where, so I started working with this company, um, with all different companies actually, and doing this uh, amongst legends thing as well. I haven't done it for a while, but. Um, because obviously the events, especially with COVID and stuff. But um, the best one we'd done, right? The best one I'd done was in um, the Dorchester Hotel in London. I didn't make, I, I didn't make much of this. My, most of it went to charity. Uh, it was, it was uh, Make-A-Wish Children's Charity. And it was a friend of mine, actually an agent of mine, uh, Mr. Bookatz from London. Uh, he was like acting as a part agent for me on my behalf. And he'd done this on a number of occasions for me. And so he got me the job and he would, you know, he would, um, anyway, um, the, 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 the idea was that we do a painting of Jensen Button because J- Jensen Button had just won the world title. And we would do a painting of Jensen Button coming down. Well, this is my plan anyway. I, I did Jensen Button coming down, winning, winning the world title. And Jensen Button, Barrichello is in the front. And Jensen Button's raising a bottle of, actually, I think he's just got his fist in the air. And Barrichello has got his, he's raising a bottle of champagne. So the winning bidder, I leave Barrichello's face blank. 
and I actually paint in the winning bidder. But anyway, this painting it was being signed by Jensen Button. He got six grand wow. at the at the auction. Um, so I did I did a lot of those for charity over from 2007 or 2008 to like quite a for quite a few years. Um, and the most recent one of them I sold, talking about strange, uh, strange commissions, was a piece that I did of the um, the classic film Pulp Fiction, where you've got Vince, Vince Vega and Jules Winifield with their guns. And what I did, I split I split them apart, and I put an extra person in the middle. <laughs> now that's on my website if you want to flick something up as we are talking about all these things. Um, for an extra person to be a, to be a hitman with MP, and I actually he actually bought off me before this guy, but anyway he commissioned me then to add his face in this piece because um, he wanted it for his new apartment. So I done so that's quite an odd one, that's quite an unusual uh, piece. Um, but I like doing them, you know. They, they're yeah. something a bit a bit quirky and a bit a bit different and something you can. You know, you've got if you've got a business and you've got guys coming into your office and there's a picture of you as a referee against <laughs> with Tyson and and, and uh, Ali and you're the referee in the painting and it's like it's a talking point, you know? It's quite a funny, it's quite a funny talking point, like yeah. So there's definitely definitely quite a few that you've done more than quite a few that you've done that are that probably out of the ordinary in the sense that you've been able to slot people into it or the buyers have been able yeah. to get themselves in the painting of, of famous people involved in them or famous scenes out of films like you've mentioned there with with Pulp Fiction so that's you know that is for me that's quite out of the ordinary because you don't see it it's just yeah, not yeah. something you normally yeah, exactly. see so I, I would class that as that but um, going around the world as you've been, you've been to many places. You've you've obviously met many people, many boxers who have signed your your prints. Uh, has there been anybody in particular out of all the people that you've met where you there was you wasn't expecting them to be the way they were when you met them in person? Maybe you had a perception, or there was a perception of them, you know, in the in the media, and then you've met them, and it's like, wow, this person's totally different, and you know, these sort of meetings are quite humbling. I probably would say, out of that, Frotch was one, because um, you know, sometimes he may come across a bit arrogant and different things, but um, he's actually quite funny, and he's actually a character, to be honest. He's uh, he actually puts a lot of this. Um, when I chatted with him at his home, um, it was a, a fresh air, you know, breath of fresh air sort of thing. It, it was like, you know, the, the 80,000 thing. It's just something now he, he, he riles people up with it. He just does it because he knows that, you know, and, he, and he'll jump into a conversation, he says, just to spark something off, just to wind people up. And um, he does it for that purpose, he said. And so that, he, it was quite, yeah, you know, that was quite nice to... And he was very, yeah, very refreshing and, and, and quite uh, down to earth, really. I think we're all down to earth. Even, you know, the same sort of thing is, is with Mayweather. You know, I, I presented Mayweather a piece in London of, of him versus Pacquiao. And it was a stare down piece, which you'd find on my website. And um, I could tell that he was humbled by, he, he, was, he appreciated it, you know. Because um, I don't think he expected it. And he, he was like, oh. Oh, thanks, like you know, thanks for that. And um, you know, it, it wasn't a it, he didn't brush it off and say, oh, you know, take that, or, you know, have that, look after that for me, sort of thing. He actually 
you know, he liked it. I could tell by the look of his face. He, he appreciated it. And um, he walked past me then and as I was doing this piece live. And he was like, he sort of tapped me on the shoulder. And I was like, yeah, looking good, man. Looking, looking really good. So, you know, I mean, you get a lot of people, you know, you can't fault of where he came from and what he's achieved. You can't knock anyone for, you know, achieving their dream as such and becoming. Um, and Josh Taylor's a lovely guy. I, to be honest, they're all they're all nice. They're all nice. I got to be honest. I mean, at the end of the day, it's just a perception isn't it, of what yeah. we feel of, of people and what they um, what we see on the TV a lot of the times. And, and there's a perception there. Taylor's a lovely guy. Um, Teofimo uh, really made an effort with me a few times. He's seen me. Um, I've like I've done a, a painting of him. I've done a, probably one of the first paintings that he had when I was out in New York. Um, and it was like early before he was world champion. And I did his father came up to me. Actually, his father came up to me and said, Hey, he said, do paint my son. He said he's gonna be a world champion. He said, I guarantee you he's gonna be a world champion. And I looked and I looked and I didn't realise and I and I and I went off. I went <laughs> I went off, bought a little canvas, uh, in a in an art store in New York, went and sat in a coffee shop and I was doing this painting. And I went back, you know, he I was doing it live then actually in the hotel that we were in. Uh, because I've got a very good relationship out there in New York with the, the hotel opposite the Madison Square Garden. They're brilliant with me and the guys there. And they allow me to exhibit and showcase my work. And so I did this with Teofimo and, you know, we got some little prints done. And, you know, it was lovely. And then um, I've also then done another one of, of, of Teofimo. And obviously I've done a, I got a send one actually. I, I contacted him the other day and he got back to me. Even though as a as a champion, as a uh, you know, I sent him a message on Instagram and asking him where you know what's the best address and all that sort of thing, and he got back to me within not it didn't take long. And um, but what I like is when I he went to see he went to when Tyson was in Vegas and Tyson was doing a signing session. I was doing a live painting of Mike Tyson at the front of the store in Las Vegas in the MGM Grand. And all the all the fighters were obviously the the fighters that would do it well and that would would just cut in the queue and going in to see Mike and having a photo with him and stuff. And Tio was one of the ones. But Tio would made an effort, and he's actually done this a few times. He's done this in New. He's done this in um, Vegas on a numerous occasions. He'll come up to me and he'll he'll do like a you know a live sort of thing and. And say, hey, he's Killian. He's the he's the first one to capture me on a on a canvas. Blah blah blah. So you know that's that's you don't have to do that, and that's that's appreciative. You know, it's nice yeah. to have a shout out like that, especially from a, a superstar now. Um, yeah, you know, it, it's it's happened a couple of times, and I tell you, who was cool as well is is Roy Jones, Roy Jones Jr. I was out in New, I was out in uh, Las Vegas. Roy Jones was having a promotional show, and he was having a he was having a boxing show out in Vegas and I contacted him and I said, is it right if I do a live piece at your your, your show, at your, at your event? He said, yeah, no problem. He said, contact so-and-so, blah, blah, blah. And then I, you know, he was great. So I presented him with that piece at the end of the, at the, at the end of the show. And, you know, I actually got on TV in Vegas on that as well. Only brief, like a brief shot. And they panned, they panned in me and said, <laughs> and here's, here's a brilliant piece of the champ. And he sort of panned off, but it was, you know, it was on live TV or whatever. But um, yeah, so it's 
it's nice to be honest and uh, to to meet these guys and to be to have a, a passion and um, like a a job that a job that I created that um, and I have a lot of pleasure from and I and I get a, an opportunity to meet these guys and um, sometimes put a smile on their face if 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 uh, you know I've done a piece and and um, I, I hope so anyway I hope they you know appreciate what I've done and. Um, and I and I've had some nice compliments from people as well, you know. I mean, Mel PR, you know, the PR agent. Yep. She does the PR for the fighters, and that. She came up to me before in New York and said, you know, she said you're very well respected in in the boxing thing. And I and I was like, yeah. I said, yeah. She said, you know, you're known. And I and I and I that's probably from Twitter and different things. And it's nice to hear that, you know, because it's funny as me as a as a as a you know I just paint these paintings and I just. Hope people like them, you know. And then, so when I get somebody who wants to pay good money for a, a, a print or a canvas edition or an original, it's it is it's nice. It's a nice feeling because that's at the end of the day. Um, I suppose it, you know, yeah, you need I need to sell to 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 continue what I'm doing. Yeah, you know. But yeah. but the other thing is, I would do it anyway. I'd be doing it anyway if I if I wasn't being paid for it. You know, because when you have a, when you want to create, and you have a passion. You know, funny, funny. <laughs> my mum was like a couple of weeks back or a couple of months ago. She was like, um, "Were you gonna, were you gonna put it all? Would you, you know?" And I, and I was like, <laughs> "Do I, do you think that I think about where I'm gonna put something <laughs> if I'm gonna when I create it? I, I just, you know, I, I just put it somewhere. I'll find somebody somewhere to put it. You know, I'm just gonna create something, but." Um, Yes, it is. I feel blessed in a way, you know, that that I can do what I do and um, and get it out there. We're in a we're at the time now, mate. We're at the time now, and the internet has only been around for fifteen years. You know, what we can do now is just unbelievable. You know, compared to what it was like years ago. Out of all the paintings you've done, which is your favourite? That's I know that's going to be a hard one to answer because you've done loads. I suppose I suppose actually it's a double question, really, Patrick. Like, what? How many would you estimate that you've done in terms of paintings over the years? And would there be any particular favourites? I'm not going to ask you to nail down one particular one because I know that'll probably be incredibly hard. But I reckon there's definitely a few that you've done yourself, and you, you know, you look at them and you go. over the moon with that and I, you probably do it for every yeah. single one to be honest but is there a few no, select no, few? I don't know but um, there is definitely a few um, but it's a it's a it's a weird one because obviously I, I like the fight in Irishman but not necessarily I like the fight in Irishman because of the impactness of it as, as the size of it was as well the size you know because it was five foot by three and a half feet if you type in YouTube uh, the fight in Irishman by Pat Killian or Killian Art, uh, a couple of videos will come up and you'll get to see how big the exhibit was. It was amazing to be part of that. Um, so that that will obviously have something, always have something there. But then I actually like the the, the, the simpleness of the Tyson piece I did. Um, actually, it's not framed properly there, but uh, um, it's not framed properly, but you can see the shot on the bottom yeah. there. Yeah, we can and, see uh, it. He actually signed um, he actually signed like ten of them. I sold eight of them. I got two left. Oh no, I got one left. I sold. I sold one. I have sold another one. Um, but I would say I do like that painting because it's very, it's very striking. It's very simple. 
and sometimes less is more, you know. Sometimes you do stuff, and I've done this before, where I painted something that's been really pissing me off because, you know, it ain't all plain sailing. You do get stressed, even though I love what I do. You do get, you know, sometimes it just doesn't work. You've got to get away from it. Uh, that's where the training comes in, you know. It's nice to go away and just work out and take your mind off stuff. And <laughs> I can... When was I, I lost my train of thought then? What was I on about? Yeah, you're on about the Tyson piece. Yeah, yeah. It was, um, I think it's just the simplicity of it that I, that I you know, and, 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 and having him sign um, a number of them as well is uh, is great, you know. It's, 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 uh, but I was saying about the simplicity, wasn't I? But sometimes you could do more, and, I, and I, that's right, I was saying about a piece that I was doing, and, you know, you would take, it just is, doesn't work. There's something wrong. It just, just doesn't work. And I, and I was do, trying to do too much. I was trying to add all the background in. I was trying to add a crowd. And I thought, what the fuck am I doing? So I ended up just painting over the, totally painting out the background. And I splashed the, uh, I did a bit of blue, the, the, the nice turquoise blue that I used. I signed my name in. And I put it all the way around in very sort of painterly. And I thought, boom, that was it. That's all it needed. It didn't need all this bloody, you know, faff in the background. And um, so sometimes I think we can be, because I, I can be very, I can be very realistic. I can be, you know, I can do that. But then I, as I learned and got progressed in what I do, I found that, you know, sometimes it's, it's more difficult to try and be a little bit different and try and give it that um, something that isn't a fo- like a photograph. Because I, I can understand why people eventually go into doing like the abstract stuff because you know when we're young we we are sort of we're trying to just draw something like like it is like a photograph and then you know i think as we develop in our careers yeah so you know it's sometimes you you know you want to push yourself you want to like do something that's why i try i want to do something a little bit different and i and that's why then you you sort of apply color you try to you apply different strokes you apply you just want to give it something different. Do you know what I mean? I mean, it's, it's like a, just a very simple, like I did these for the, for the Canelo, for the fight with Billy Joe. And, but they're not, you know, they're not, um, it was just something I didn't paint the whole, um, canvas, you know, but, and again, with, with Billy Joe in the background there, yeah, you know, I just added the splashes of color, but it works, you know, I painted our live on live on, uh, box nation. That was a few years ago. And then, you know, there's something a bit different there, you know, with the... The Hopkins one, yeah. Yeah, the, you know, the lines, you know, as if like a 3D, you know, it's just just trying to... Um, this is more of a realistic piece, I guess. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a weird one, you know, because you can do things and obviously just sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes it does work. And then you, there's pieces you really like and then there's pieces that you, you're not so fussed on. But the thing is, you know, it's the classic saying, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Because you can, I can do something and then I won't like it. And someone will come in as soon as say, oh, you know, that's great. I'll miss you on for that or whatever. And they love it. And then, but to me, I, I'm i not showing it because I, I'm not fussed on it. You know, it's a weird one in, in, that, in, that, in that sense. But I guess, I suppose all artists are the same in, in, in that, you know, I, I would think. Do you think you're quite kind of overcritical of yourself at times where, as you rightly pointed out, you know, people when they look at your 
your artwork through social media and they look at it and go, oh, that's absolutely amazing. But to you, you just kind of see an average, an average painting because that's you, 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 your your eyes are so trained and you're so tuned into doing things in a certain way that you know from someone else's perspective who, who who's not an artist who doesn't create things the way you create them would see that as something you know a lot high level compared to yourself who, who does this on a daily basis yeah i think there's a we i certainly um sometimes have to take a step back and um and sort of think you know that you know i'm, I'm looking at it as somebody that have done this for a long time now, you know, and um, you know, obviously people are people are different, you know, or not everybody's at that sort of level or whatever, and um, yeah, so that that's that's certainly uh, something you can, but you know, you can do stuff and and do composition wise, compositionally, you you can look at something and think, I don't know, there's something not right, you know, but but then you know, it's all about it's all about learning, and that and that and that certainly does does come. I mean, obviously, before lockdown was a was an amazing event for me going out to Vegas for the um, Wilder Fury fight and 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 actually exhibiting the piece uh, at the Art and Music Store and then doing a live piece at Tyson. Um, and obviously, you know, the piece I showed you downstairs, you know, going out to Saudi Arabia and exhibiting that piece, um, yeah, just it's just brilliant, mate. You know. So going forward, then obviously you've got so many, so many events that you can get to, so many things that you can do, so many different types of paintings that you can you can do. You mentioned earlier about you getting in in, in magazines. Uh, how many how many times have you been in in the front of the magazines now, or, or been in the magazines? The artwork. Well, I've only been on um, I've only been on the the ring once. Um, I've been in, or I've been inside the ring of, of regarding something, um, but that that's that's it for me. I've, I've only been um, on that one, on the ring mag, uh, once. Um, I would like to get on there more, but obviously, you know, you've got other artists as well, and they got. I, I'm not sure how they work around it. The last time I spoke to um, uh, Doug, Dougie, uh, he did. You know, we were we were going to do quite a few covers. I don't really know what happened there, but um, obviously he's, he's um, you know they they uh, it's up to them, isn't it? What they what they want to want to what they're going to use and what they want to use and etc. If they want to use me or use another artist or what, but um, yeah, it would it would be nice. Like I said, I, I am on one. I'm on a different sort of thing very soon. Yeah, you which mentioned. Is a, which is yeah. a, obviously it's one that you can't uh, you can't disclose too much information about at the moment. But again, it's. It's one of them. You've shown us a picture before the uh, the MMA fighter, and obviously there's a lot of crossover uh, sports that you can do paintings for. So you're not kind yeah, of lim- exactly. you're not kind of limited to the sport of boxing. But I think a lot of you know the stuff that goes on social media and a lot of stuff we've seen quite recently has been uh, a lot of the uh, either the fighters or the fights or certain paintings that you've put on there. And I think it's captivated you know, the audience on, on different social media platforms because they've seen it and they thought, wow, this is an amazing 
uh, photograph and I see it and then I'll see like thousands of retweets and likes and and, and likes on Instagram and, and people are just appreciating the work and the effort and the time that goes into creating the, these fantastic pieces of art and oh, you know thanks, it's uh, well it's not just me it's th- there's thousands of them out there that I know that I see every day when you put something out there and they see it and they go wow this is great and, and, and I'm one of them and it's the reason why we wanted to get you on to the pod to talk about it and talk about you know how it all began yeah. where it came from uh, you know the types of people you've been around because of it and it's led you to some uh by the sounds of it some amazing moments and you've created some amazing memories off the back of being able to do something that you've loved and you've been doing for such a long yeah. time so it's uh it's 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 been for for me it's been an eye-opener for the people that i'll watch it they'll probably get to see some more great artwork uh around a house full of of art which must be um it must it must drive you ins- <laughs> it must it must drive you insane because there's like all these different paintings all around the house and nowhere nowhere to to put them and uh, I can imagine it's um... well it doesn't no it doesn't drive me insane I mean I, I you know this is my but for me I mean this is my studio I mean the only person that grumbles about it is my mum <laughs> and um, and uh, and my my partner lately is uh, you know no she's not grumbling about it either but. Um, but you know they always make because to me this is my place of work. It's not even though I live here, it's not really. It's, I I find it. I it's my working space. You know, it's my studio. It's my like your office. It's you know, I I probably need another property if I'm honest. <laughs> I need somewhere to live. Yeah. <laughs> and this is my this is my studio and office. But I enjoy it. You know, I mean, if 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 I didn't enjoy it, I wouldn't do it. You know. You know, a lot of a lot of the times, a lot of people don't see that. They don't see the um, you know the planning. You know, because I, I don't I don't just um, you know the fight in Irish one I told you about earlier. Yeah, I I read a book for about I read a book first before I even did the painting because I read a book. It's called I can't remember the post book. Something about the fight in Irish, and um, but I read that book and, and took notes first prior because there was there was I think there's thirty eight fighters. In the painting, but there was a. Re- I, I had to specifically. You couldn't just chuck them all in, and there was a lot of fighters that could have gone in that painting. So there's a lot of research that goes into some, not all of them, but there are in some. Um, you know, and sometimes, especially like for instance, the one downstairs, the Saudi Arabia piece of Joshua Rui. You know, um, it took a number of. I didn't just start it straight away because I wasn't sure the way. I wasn't sure the way I wanted to do it, and I wanted to know where it was being where it was being held first. The fact that it was in the D- D- Derea, and and I I wanted to I wanted to capture that within the painting, and I wasn't sure that I was going to do it, you know. So I was, and Derea was a, as you know, is a very uh, historical place over there as well. So it was a it was a per- I felt that it was a perfect composition for the piece. I thought I felt that it worked really well, but I didn't just. I didn't come up with an idea straight away. I'm looking at different things. I'm looking at, um, I'm, I'm even waiting for the fight to be announced sometimes, where it's going to be, um, what historical link has I got to the, you know, and it was the first ever fight in De, in Derea in Saudi Arabia. Um, so I wanted that to be in the piece, you know. But unless I say that, probably people don't really think about it. No. 
No, they, they, I don't think people do, do they? Because they look at no. they, they look at the finished article. People, even That's... myself included, you know, I look at a finished article of a a piece of work that you've done, and I think, wow. And then I think people maybe just, uh, I mean, I know I've thought that at times until hearing what goes into it all. But you look at it and you think to yourself, you know, wow, how 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 has been able to put together something so so magical on 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 print like that or on a canvas? And it's like you don't realise how much thought has to go into it and how much planning and preparation has to go into it to be able to put it together and and merge it in a way where it looks so so smart and, and so striking to people. Yeah. The composition's got to work correctly, do you know what I mean? Well, I'm on everything, really. I'm on um, my my Twitter. I'm on there a lot, which is uh, Killian. Uh, sorry, my, my, my Twitter is uh, Pat underscore Killian Art, which has no bloody change. <clears throat> well, it changed from the last one. My Instagram is uh, Killian underscore Art, my YouTube is Patrick J. Killian, but if you just type my name in, something will come up anyway. You know, I, I come up on uh, Google. And, it's not that uh, hard pressed to find Patrick any Killian, of your work, all is the it? Social media thing come up. They're all they're all on my website anyway, which is killianart.com. And that's where people will be able to find a great display of all your work. And uh, obviously, yeah. you know, if they want to purchase anything that's already on there, that's available, and they can do, can't they? And they can go yeah, on yeah, and, yeah, and get yeah. a few it's of the, the website and. Uh, yeah, it's all uh, it's all there. And if it's not, <laughs> give me a, send me a message if there's something you see somewhere else and it's not on the website. Well, Patrick, you know what? It's been an absolute pleasure to to sit down and speak to you and go through your oh, mate, story. I, I enjoyed it. No, thanks a lot. Thanks for having me on the show and um, appreciate it, mate. Thanks. The Atlantic City Boxing Hall of Fame is on now uh, in August from the twentieth to the twenty second. I, and I will be I'm the official artist of the Atlantic City Boxing Hall of Fame, and I'll be present. This is the third year, starting in 2018, 2019. We couldn't do 20, 2021 and 20. Um, we got Felix Trinidad going in. We got Roy Jones Jr. going in. We got Riddick Bowe going in. It's going to be a cracker, especially to meet with Felix Trinidad, and um, we got Kelly Pavlik going in. And I'll be presenting each of these guys with their induction painting into the Hall of Fame. So wow. it's an exciting time for me as well. So I, I a matter of fact I was in the process of starting these today, ready for I gotta do quite a few ready for August. So that's gonna be amazing. That'll be an amazing trip for you that, you know, going up there and well and being I just able to hope that. that everything's back up to normal and uh, we you know we are we are back um up and running international flights etc. Well, Patrick, thanks very much for again for coming on. I really appreciate it. And for everybody that's been listening, thank you for tuning into this great episode. There is a video version that's out on the YouTube channel as well where you will be able to see some of the great artwork that Patrick did display to me during our conversation, which I have edited out of the audio version because it seemed quite pointless to have it in. So please do go and check out the YouTube channel, BTR Boxing Podcast Network. Check out the Art of Boxing episode with Patrick J. Killian and you will get to see some of his unbelievable artwork. It was an absolute pleasure having him on the episode and we hope you've enjoyed this episode. Please go and follow us on social media at BTR Boxing Pod on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Subscribe to the YouTube channel and make sure you do leave a rating and a review. We really appreciate all the support as always and we'll see you next time. The dream is made real. 
Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.